0: Welcome to Eastgate Church. I trust you'll find this message inspiring and encouraging for you today. That's going to be in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, reading from verse 1 to 20.
1: That a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. And he went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while we were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country, shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away, from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the thing which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary... Kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Amen.
0: And Amen. Thank God for His word this morning. Glory to God. You know, the Bible is the the most powerful and prophetic book in the whole world, for its origins come not from the Almighty God, creator of the heavens and earth. From the beginning to the very end, his divine plans and purposes have been clearly documented and declared, accessible to all who are hungry for the truth. In Isaiah 46, 9 and 10, it says this, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all of my pleasure." Isaiah 48 and 3 says, I have declared the former things from the beginning. They went forth in my mouth and I caused them to hear it. Suddenly I did them and they came to pass. In Genesis 3 and 15 it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Isaiah 7 and 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son. And you should call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. In Micah 5 and 2, says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrath, though you are small among the clans of Judah, but out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old and from everlasting. We thank God that God has got a plan. And his plan stem from the very beginning and they take us to the very end. We thank the Lord that God is the one who is running the affairs of this earth. Even though sometimes we look across, we see the darkness, we see the chaos, we see the great wickedness. And yet in the midst of it all, God is busy working out his fullness of his plans and his purposes. Hallelujah. We thank the Lord that when man fell, when evil came into this world, that God had already put a plan in place from the very beginning. He said that he separated the seed from the very beginning. That seed that travelled down through the eternities who were travelled down through the nation of Israel up until that moment in time when the Son of God was born into this world in which we have just read the account of. Isn't it amazing how God works His time is always perfect. I always say he's never late and he's never early. Although sometimes that can be very difficult for us because we always want things now. When things don't seem to go our way, we can get upset and we can allow things to actually to cloud our mind. I love the fact that God chose Caesar Augustus to put an order out that everybody had to go back to their hometowns to register and we know that Joseph and Mary set out for that long journey from those who know the area of Nazareth up there in Galilee all the way to Bethlehem which is just a couple of miles outside of Jerusalem hallelujah and his perfect plan and his purpose and just as I'm saying that I'm thinking that everyone had to go back to his town of his birth and register there and I just praise the Lord today I just believe that God is reaching out to people again and calling them back to their first love to that place again where they once inhabited You might have got caught up and you might be far away, but I want to say this today: God is calling you back to your first love. Amen. To that place where you had those powerful encounters with the living God. God is calling his people back. If you hear my this voice this morning, I just added that and I've not got it in my notes, but I just felt there to say that today is God is reaching out again. Hallelujah. I know so many people that seem to have lost the way. I know many people that are hurt and left out in the sticks. And I'm talking to many Christians. And I believe that the Lord is reaching out to them and he says, come back, come back to me. Come back to your first love. Come back to that first place where you were born again by the Spirit of God when your eyes were opened and it was revealed to you. So we can see that very clearly there that the Lord is calling his people back again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It says there as well, it says, when the heavens opened up, when this little baby was born, put into a manger because there was no room in the inn. It just tells us that the Lord came and he identified with the poorest of the poor. Amen. Not because they chose the stable, but because there was no room in the inn. Because everybody was all pushing into Bethlehem and it was congested. And at that particular moment in time, they could not find any room. And listen, ladies, you know far better than me when your time's up. Your time's up. Hallelujah. And your time to go is to go and you need to find a place. Hallelujah. And God had already produced a place the stable and a manger. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The greatest man ever ever to be born. The greatest moment in time. And he was born in a manger, which tells us God came to identify even with the poorest of the poor. Hallelujah. He met with us in whether the lowly of the high and he found that wonderful place I love those stories that wonderful scene we could probably go back to that scene if you could have ever been there I remember once I stayed in a hotel Ramat Gilgal um, Ramat Raquel actually and it was in Israel and it looked my room looked over into the shepherd's fields I remember a long time ago just myself sitting in this room and, and just looking out this window of this hotel looking over those fields and I remember reading this and just imagine what that must have looked like when the son of God was born and it says the very heavens opened up And the choir of angels filled the skies. It says there was a great heavenly host. A mighty angel appeared. And there was a great heavenly host. And they all began to praise God with one loud voice. Amen. Could you imagine what that must have looked like? It would have probably blew the little singing of our little ones out of the water there. And the, even the greatest choirs in this world can never compete with the heavenly choir of the King of Kings when they gave celebration for the moment had come. That moment that God had spoke away back there in Genesis. The one who was going to come and Satan knew and everyone knew to expect. The Savior of the world was born. Hallelujah, glory to God. He had come, hallelujah. And the very angelic host sang the praises of the living God. And the powers of darkness and the fallen angels must have been screaming within themselves for they knew that the Savior was come. The one that they feared had now been born. Glory to God. And we thank God for that announced for the highest. The Savior had arrived. Glory to God. And he spoke to shepherds. Isn't that amazing? The shepherds weren't in the kind of high elite. It really, they probably thought, why did he not break into Jerusalem and born in Jerusalem and spoke to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the high Hedians? The, the movers and the shakers. But he did. He spoke to the shepherds. They were the ones who were out in the sticks. Like David himself was a shepherd, wasn't he? to he got the call of God upon his life. He spoke to those who were out there, seemed to be on the fringes of society. And that's who the Lord revealed himself first to these angels. And he brought that great glorious news to the shepherds. I could imagine what these shepherds must have thought. When they heard that great news and the angels sang, glory to God in the highest, and in earth peace and goodwill towards men. Hallelujah. And that's still what God wants to do. He wants to extend his peace and his goodwill to those who are willing to receive it. In such a troubled world, do you think the world would open up their hearts to receive this? Everybody is screaming for peace. Everybody is screaming for satisfaction. I can tell you, only God can give you that peace and only God can give you that deep-rooted satisfaction. I nearly burst into that song. Money can't buy love as as the Beatles were saying or something else would say. You cannot buy satisfaction. Only Christ can give you satisfaction. Money will never give you that deep-rooted satisfaction. And it says when they heard the news, they rushed off and found it just as it was said. The sign will be you'll find a babe in swaddling clothes in a manger. Hallelujah. And it says when they heard this, and it says they let us go and see. Let us go and see this great revelation and when they seen that they were overjoyed and they praised the Lord and then they marveled and then they ran away from the scene and they began to tell everybody but what they saw hallelujah the angels appeared the son of God has been born the saviour the Messiah the one that we've been looking to we have found him hallelujah in a stable in Bethlehem and they began to glorify God and speak to all who were willing to hear of what they were told and what they had seen. I think we can learn the lesson today from the shepherds. I think it's time for us again to get excited about the Son of God, not just at Christmas season, but every day that we should be running forth and we should be declaring the Son of God who has been born, Jesus Christ is Lord of lords and King of kings. He is the one who was lifted up, who came, died for the sins of the world, was buried I rose again, glory to God, and is seated at the side of the Father. Like never before, the world needs to hear this message. This is why a group of us are out every Wednesday faithfully. I think Paisley's getting fed up with my voice. I, mean, I heard somebody saying there, I've heard this guy screaming over a mic, hallelujah. Glory to God. My cousin, she was walking through one of the days, and she stood before me. I didn't quite recognize her to the beginning, my cousin Margaret. And then just as I was speaking, I seen her walking away, and I, I finished, and I ran after her. She says, Arthur, I was walking through the town, and I heard your voice. <laughs> I think she was about a, a, a mile somewhere up in Paisley or something. I heard your voice. I went, that's my big cousin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank God that I can still talk about Jesus and just encourage people reaching out with the good news. And I encourage all of us to do that, not just at the Christmas season, but every day is an opportunity. Every day is a day of salvation. And we should take that word out to people because people need to hear it. We're living in days with so much sadness, so much brokenness, so much darkness, and we have got the light of life. We need to share that light. Just as the shepherds ran and brought forth uh, wonderful news as they did then. It's great that we also can bring that wonderful news at this time and season. Let's take advantage of it and speak to our families and our sisters and others. Let us have the second reading now. Glory to God. The second reading is Luke chapter 2, verses 21 to
1: 31. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus. Jesus which was the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. For as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And also to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all people. Amen.
0: Amen. Lord God. No, and um, it says probably... Jesus, when he came to the temple, was probably about 40 days after his birth. And it was probably that would be the number. Numbers are very important in the scriptures, and especially Hebrewic Hebrew language. And just a little portion of scripture here in Leviticus 12, it says this. It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, If a woman has conceived and bore a male child, then she shall be unclean seven days, as in the days of her customary impurity, she shall be unclean. And on the eighth day of the... They, the flesh of the foreskin shall be circumcised she shall then continue in the blood of her purification 33 days she shall not touch any hallowed thing nor come into the sanctuary until the days for purification have been fulfilled and this is exactly what we're now we're seeing here in the second part there of Luke's gospel Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day Jesus was a Jew and people have to get over that today. Jesus is a Jew born of the tribe of Judah, born of the very line of David himself and his ancestry, all the way back through Abraham, even to Adam. He came, he was the son of man, but he came through the tribe of Judah. And he lived under the law completely and satisfied the law completely. Jesus was a man under the law. He fulfilled the law completely which enabled him to actually to pay the ultimate price with his life. And it says after 40 days, probably around about that period of time, they presented him they brought him into Jerusalem and brought him to the temple to present him before the Lord. Hallelujah. So isn't that a wonderful scene? Mary and Joseph and coming there to Jerusalem now from Bethlehem. After that period of time, it was time for them to come now and to present this young man, this young child. To the Lord in the temple. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And here we see that. 40 is a very important number. We read 40 many times. Hundreds of times it appears in the scriptures. It's a very, very important number. It's a number that sometimes relating to change and transformation. Of newness and freshness. And even of judgment. But that was what was taking place. The son of God now had come into this world. And we read now about this man Simeon. I love this man. We don't hear what his age is. But he was a good age. And he was a very godly man, probably a man of prophetic insight. And it says here it had been revealed to him by the Lord that he would not die, but he would see the Lord's Messiah. The Messiah, the one that they were crying out for, the one that they were expecting and were looking to, the Savior, Israel's Savior. But not only Israel's Savior, he was going to be the Savior of the world. And it says, as they brought him in into the Lord's table and he offered up into the temple and they offered up that wonderful sacrifice and they came here it says now Simeon now was led by the spirit hallelujah Simeon was now led by the spirit and there was an excitement and through in him as so he came and he, and he looked around and his eyes fixed upon this wonderful couple and his eyes fixed upon this little child among the chaos of that period of time and there were many children his eyes fixed upon this one and the Holy Spirit was upon him hallelujah thank God that we have the Holy Spirit today as well who can lead us and it was revealed to him as we have said so he came into the temple and he's seen the child and his heart sprang within him and it picked him up and he took him in his arms glory to God took him in his arms and he began to praise God The revelation he now had, the Savior of God, was held in his arms. That which God had promised him, God had fulfilled. And we can read that again. Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. Thank God for that. Hallelujah. And for the glory of your people, Israel. Glory to God. Hallelujah there was a witness from the Holy Spirit and I pray today that God will also let a witness go into into this realm of Scotland and begin to show people the the Saviour, the Son of the living God. As I say, there was many people in that temple courts but very few recognised the significance of this child. Isn't it amazing the days that we find ourselves living in that many of us who have received the revelation of Jesus, but many people just don't see it. They just don't get it. They don't recognize it. It's, 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 It's beyond them. And yet for us who have seen him, the Lord by his Spirit has shown us and we have seen the Lord Jesus Christ for the revelation can come only through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank God for the revelation that God has granted to us that we have seen the Son of the living God. I speak to many people, even when I'm on the streets and family Many people are willing to give a nod of their head to Jesus. Yes, I know Jesus. Amen. They can, they can nod. It's a nod of the head. Yes, they acknowledge him, but it's that kind of nod in the head. Yes, we give. I, I know Jesus. I believe in Jesus. And deep down, you know that they haven't got that revelation. Hallelujah. Because they haven't beheld him. They haven't picked him up. They haven't, they haven't actually taken hold of him. It's a nod. We're living in a nation now, and the nodders are actually dying off. People just now just refuse to acknowledge Jesus 100%. But there's many who would just give a nod of their head as if that's enough, a nod, that I can just give a, a, yes, I I acknowledge Jesus and we give him a nod of the head. Brethren, there's so much more to Jesus than a nod of the head. We need to actually pick him up and we need to embrace him. We need to hold him. We need to allow him to hold us. Hallelujah, glory to God. A child needs to be held. Don't you realize that as parents? We know that, don't we? A child longs to be held. A child comes to us, parents, and it just it comes with our hands up. And we, we can't help ourselves. We've got to scoop them up in our arms. Hallelujah. And I think that would have been with Simmy when he's seen the baby. Well, you women are far better than us guys. I always love it when a new baby comes into the congregation. You just watch all the women. It just seems this little baby passes himself around the, the, the women. We all want a wee shot. Us guys are a little bit more reserved, but every now and again it's nice just to have a, a wee one in our arms and just to remind us again of our children when they were small, wasn't it? When you can just hold that. And we just to be we seeing Katie and Craig last week there, and just to see Craig, he's, that's his first child, his little boy, Judah, and just to see him holding that little child, you know, it brought back many happy memories to me. When I could hold my child, you know, and you just feel, it just makes you feel good, doesn't it? Men, does. It makes us feel good. There's, there's something special about that, that. This is my son, hallelujah. Or my daughter. Better say my daughter. I don't know if she made it this morning. I don't see her. Or she would be dealing with me. But you have to behold him. We have to pick him up and we have to embrace him. Embracing the son of God. I know that's not enough friends and others are looking across the room and saying, "Over oh, there, 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 there's the Son of God. We actually have to get right beside him and take hold of him. Can I encourage all of us here today? Let us embrace the Son of God because he came to embrace us. Hallelujah. He came to embrace us. And just like as, as a parent, we just want to embrace a child, don't we? But that child really wants to embrace us. Glory to God. We need to find that love again when we can just run up and we can lift with open arms and that just says, pick me up, Father. Isn't that amazing when a child comes to you it runs with open arms? And what does that say? Pick me up. <laughs> pick me up. Do you know something powerful when we come into the presence of God and we begin to worship, worship God and a Sunday may we lift up holy hands. What are we saying to the Lord? It's, Lord, pick us up. Lord, not only are we lifting you up and giving you praise, but we're saying, but God, pick me up. Take hold of me. Embrace me. Lord, let me feel your love. Let me feel your loving embrace. You know, something, just even this little, I just only because it was alive to me little one last night and he was a wee bit upset and I just grabbed him and I, I just gave him a big hug. And a child, a, the child just seems to, it just thrives on these hugs, doesn't it? Just thrives. How much more we, because we're all children. We need to get over that. Really, even though as adults, we're only children as far as God is concerned. And we need the Lord to just give us that Embrace. Do you know something? Jesus came into this world to embrace us, but he also allowed us to embrace him. Isn't that amazing? That he allowed us to touch him. And the Simeon picked him up. In fact, John says in 1 John 1, he says, Him whom our eyes have seen and our ears have heard and our hands have touched. The untouchable one allowed himself to be touched. And the only way he could do that was to become a man because we could never touch God and his holiness and his glory and his righteousness. We would have been struck down dead. We couldn't become anywhere close to him. So God descended that we could embrace him. Isn't that amazing when you actually catch sight of that? This God descended and identified himself as a human being, as a man, so that we could embrace him and we could take hold of him and we could touch him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, to touch the Lord. And that scripture again is coming to me because I've got a picture in my office I brought back from Israel in one of those trips. And it's the one with the woman with the issue of blood. And will leave the issue of blood unto the Lord for 12 years. And she knew, she heard Jesus was in town. And she says, if I could only touch him, I know that I would be healed. And she set out against the law, against all oh, the odds, the crowds, the, 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 the busyness. And yet she stretched through and there's a wonderful picture in of us. You just see this little hand stretching through the crowd and just touching him. And we know the scripture says that Jesus stopped immediately and says, who touched me? Who touched me? And the disciple says, Lord Jesus, there's, there's thousands and hundreds of people here and everybody's touching you. What do you mean who touched me? He says, I know somebody touched me. For power went out of me. Can I tell you this, brothers and sisters, I say to myself, and, and I'm speaking to myself first and foremost, I need to touch the Lord again. And that's going to be my New Year's, if you like, commitment. I need to touch him again. But you know, to touch the Lord is going to take a lot of energy. It's going to take a lot of drive. You need to make it your number one focus. I need to touch him. I know when I touch him, I will be healed. Whatever it is, sometimes there could be stuff going on in your life you say, but if I can touch the Lord, I know that he will Give me what I ask for. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The one who is able to be touched. You know, we can still touch the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory to God because he is our, to use the expression, he is our man in heaven. He is the God-man. And he is seated beside the Father's throne, interceding for you and interceding for me. Isn't that wonderful today when you're going through difficult times? I know that the Son of God is seated at the Heavenly Father, interceding for us speaking to the father on our behalf father my servant struggling strengthen him encourage him hallelujah glory to God and he's reaching out to us even this special Christmas day and so I love that then where we see Simeon just embracing the Lord glory to God and then we read about that wonderful woman Anna Anna uh, my mother's name was Anne, but my brother Billy always called her Anna. It was Anna Banana, actually. But anyway, but that's where she got the title, Anna. And um, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful name Anna is. And there she was. She lost her husband after 70 year, seven years, and she remained a widow for the rest of her life. She was an old woman. It says, but she never stopped praying and fasting and seeking the Lord. Oh, that we could dedicate our life like Anna just totally dedicated to the work of God hallelujah and to the purposes of God I know that not might always be so easy for us who are busy where we're working not a lot of commitments but I want to tell you this we should find some point during the day just to say I am devoting my life again completely unto the Lord and upon the Lord's work hallelujah glory to God I'm going to finish with our third portion of scripture it's going to be in Matthew and chapter 2 1 to 12
1: So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea for thus it is written by the prophet but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not least among the rulers of Judah for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod when he had secretly called the wise men determined from them what time the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and search carefully for the young child and when you have found him they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Amen.
0: They were probably astronomers, philosophers. You would probably say stargazers. But they were wealthy, educated men who came with their entourage. That meant there would have been a good crowd of people who would have came with them. You know, when you're carrying gold and precious um, merchandise, you would have to travel with bodyguards, because in those days it was robbers and it was other people who could have waylaid you. They probably traveled 800 to maybe 1,000 miles as they followed the star, they seen a sign in the heavens for they were used to reading the stars and they were used to gazing at the stars and something appeared that they knew was special and the Lord had placed it in their hearts. Maybe they were influenced by Daniel when Daniel spent the years in the Persian kingdom. They were maybe influenced, they maybe knew about these things and now they've seen something in the heavens and they says, the king of kings is to be born. And they traveled 800 miles to Jerusalem in search of Jesus. Today, people will probably struggle to cross the road to come to a church and search for Jesus or even travel a couple of hundred mi- or, never mind, a couple of hundred miles by foot. They're taking months. People struggle sometimes even just to get out of their beds and come a few miles up the road in the search of the Lord Jesus Christ. It just shows you where we are as a nation. I've got down here in brackets, maybe it's because that Jesus is not in his church and that's a sobering lot for us in the church first to deal with as well. You know, maybe we need to find the Lord Jesus Christ first in the church So we want to encourage people coming from outside the church who are coming in and to seeking the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe we need to find Jesus more in our own lives as well as we're reaching out to other people because people are not fools, my friends. They can see through things. Hallelujah. They know the phonies. They know the reality of the, the those who really have What they say they have. Hallelujah. I just put that as a little kind of block in there as well. We need to find Jesus again. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the church and in our own lives. That people again will be called to catch the, to seek him. We need to get that word out there. I've got here as well. Isn't it amazing that God used these Gentile wise men to stir up Jerusalem? It says, here they come to Jerusalem, to the great city, the city of the great king. And he says, Where is the one who has been born, the king of the Jews? Where is this king that has been born this day in Jerusalem? And it says, The whole city was astir. Everybody in Jerusalem, well, well, what's going on here? You know, when a group of very high qualified people and people of great stature came into the town, everybody was going, What's happening? What's going on? We've come for the, to see the king, the king who has been born. Isn't that amazing that nobody else in Jerusalem probably knew that the king had been born, apart from the ones that we read about there when, they first, when, when Jesus was first born? There was a crowd of people. But yet, it seemed as if the the, stabbing, the, the the scribes and the Pharisees did not yet know that the king of kings had actually been born. We don't actually see that. They did not see it. And so, so, when they came, everybody's star. I says, what does this mean? As they went around looking for this king. And it says, Herod then called the Sanhedrin, the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now if anybody should have known that the king was born, you think it would have been the religious establishment, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so when they all get called and they had a confab with Herod, he starts to inquire, well, where, where is this one to be born? Where is it? Well, the scriptures tell us very clearly, which we've read, he, it was, to be, he was to be born in Bethlehem. Hallelujah. And we know Herod now is very upset with that, and um, and he gets very annoyed with this. But we know that he now is trying to, he is planning to kill this king because he is a despot king, and he will not share his throne with anyone. Hallelujah! We know that that would just be the work of the devil. Glory to God. But I just found it very amazing that the that it was a Gentile, kings or wise men who actually recognised the fact that Jesus was born, and the religious people did not. Hallelujah. That is just an absolute slap in the face for this Sanhedrin as we see here. But it says, but the Spirit of God was leading them, hallelujah, glory to God. And as they said, he says, well, when you find them, please come back and tell me that I might go and worship him. But we know that was false. It says, but then the star moved on and it led them right over to the stable. Oh, well, no sorry but this time he was in a house sorry he was in a house he was no longer in the stable they had found accommodation we always think the wise men came to the stable they did not come to the stable Jesus now Mary and Joseph were in a house and they came to a house we don't know what age Jesus would have been about that time but now they come and as soon as they see him and they recognize him the spirit of God bears witness with their spirits and it says as they seen him they fell down. And they worshipped him and gave glory to the king of kings. And they offered up these glorious gifts unto the king of kings. Hallelujah. This is my prayer um, for this land of Scotland. I pray that again that the light of God will shine upon our nation. And the light of God will seep through the darkness. And the eyes of my people Scotland will be opened up again. And they will see the risen Christ. That they will see the Lord of glory. And they will come and they will bow down before him. And they will worship him. This is my prayer even at this Christmas time. And I say, Father, I pray again, send that light, that glorious light. You know, that light is the Holy Spirit. They seen a star in the heavens which led them. Do you know, we have the Holy Spirit today. And it's the Holy Spirit who leads us, who brings us to that place and brings us to the confrontation where we can see Jesus. Hallelujah. Many of my friends and my journeys, when I look back at my life, I can see the Spirit of God was moving in my life and he was leading me. I thought I was getting a track in the town when I was heading between one pub and another pub and somebody handed me a track and it was the spirit of God probably wanted to put a track in that young man's hand and if I never took it it came by default from someone else hallelujah and then from there I thought to myself I think I'll pop over there and see what all this is about and I was confronted some of these are no Ben Patu I was confronted with one of those wee happy clappy churches where people play guitars and people are waving their hands in the air and, and you know and there's some strange languages going on hallelujah and I sat there in the midst of it. And I go, what on earth is all this? But there was something within me. There was something within me that was witnessing to what I was seeing. Wasn't quite ready to plunge in. But I know there was a draw, a draw to say, you know, this is real. Hallelujah. Took another four and a half years. And thank God for his patience and his mercy with me as he led me. Hundreds of miles, if you like, to use that in time. Four years. Different places. Bringing me to an end of myself. Thank God when you can come to the end of yourself, hallelujah, and you can fall on your face before the living God. I remember the day that I gave my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. I think I escaped out into the country and I bowed down my face towards the Lord and I just gave glory and thanks. Father, thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for bringing that revelation to me. Thank you for your mercy and your grace for giving me my sins and my trespasses. Thank you for giving me a second chance. Hallelujah, glory to God. May the Lord bless each of all of us today, friends, as we've came here to acknowledge the Son of the living God, to acknowledge the day when the Lord broke into this space and time and the Son of the Righteous One was born into this world. Hallelujah. Do you know there's another time as we reflect upon His first coming? Do you know there's going to be a second coming? Hallelujah. Glory to God. There's going to be another one and there's going to be signs in the heavens. There's going to be signs in the earth. There's going to be many signs for those whose eyes are open to see those signs to prepare ourselves for the coming again of the living one, the great and the glorious one. And we will behold him as they did that day, the shepherds beheld him, hallelujah. As the wise men beheld him, as Simeon and Anna beheld him, we who are still alive, our eyes will look up and we will behold him, the son of the living God, glory, and all his splendor and all of his majesty. And we will just lift up our hands and praise and worship and he will catch us up. To be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. Let us not just read this little story of, the, of the, in the advent of the Son of the Living God, but let's let it deep within you. I don't know where we all stand this morning, but can I encourage you? I don't think you're here um, by your own volition. I believe it's the Spirit of God's probably kind of brought you in here today. You think, well, I just came over to see my grandson, a wee shepherd boy. Thank God for that. They were all so cute indeed. Or maybe I came along just for this or for the next thing. You know, the Spirit of God sometimes brings us in back into an atmosphere to say, do you know, God's heart yearns for us. Remember what Christ came for. He came for us to what? Like Simeon, we need to pick him back up again. Here's a word for us today. I've been praying for the Lord to give me a word. Here is the word, brethren. As Simeon came and, And as soon as he's seen him, he picked him up and he embraced him. This is my prayer for you today and I feel it's a word for you. You need to pick up the Lord Jesus Christ again and you need to embrace him. And see, once you embrace him, you know what it's like, you know, woman, can you imagine when you first hold that child for the first time, you know that love that just bursts upon you and as father's as well, it just ruins us, doesn't it? It just, (laughs) how much more so when we pick up the son of God and we can really embrace them. And the love of God will just totally and utterly just wash through us again and just actually fill us again with the joy of the Lord. That's what the Lord wants to do this Christmas time. It's a season for embracing. It's a season for experiencing the, the love of God. The love of God. Let us know this, that God loves us. Sometimes we struggle to embrace that. I'll put my hands up. Sometimes I do struggle to embrace the love of God. Because, you know why? Because I look at myself back in the mirror and I, I sometimes say, hey, you know, I, I struggle to love myself. But you know, God loves us. And at this Christmas time, we reflect upon the love for God so loved the world he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever will believe in him, whosoever would embrace him, he will give the right to become a child of God. You know, one thing, it's two ways, isn't it? An embrace is twofold. You need to allow one to embrace you. And you need to embrace the other. When we come together and we embrace one another, that's what God came to do. Hallelujah. Then we become one with God. Hallelujah. That's what God wants to do. Even today, he wants to embrace you. If you will embrace him and acknowledge your sin before him, he is faithful and just to forgive us all unrighteousness. And then he embraces us as sons and as daughters. The glorious Christmas message is alive every single day. God wants to embrace you. Let's finish with a prayer this morning. Father, I thank you today, Lord. Not only, Lord, did you come to pay the price of the world, but, Lord, that was secondary to the main purpose. For the main purpose, oh God, that you wanted to embrace us as your children. You wanted to embrace us and bring us back into a relationship with you, Lord. Lord, that you might embrace us as sons and daughters. Lord, the sin was a stumbling block. The sin, Lord God, Father, was a separation. But you came to deal with the separation, Lord, because your heart yearned to embrace, embrace each. And every single one of us, there's no one in here, Lord God, that is beyond your embrace. Lord, everyone, Lord God, Lord, you came for all of us. I pray today, like Simeon, I pray, O oh Lord, that you will touch their hearts in such a way that, Lord, that they will reach out, they will embrace you, that they will cleave unto thee so that you can cleave unto them. I pray, Father, I pray even now, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus, I pray your richest blessings upon every single one of us. I pray, Lord God, at this special time, this special season, Lord, we won't lose you, Lord, underneath the sparkling Christmas lights and presents and the flurry of activity. I pray, Lord, that we will see beyond all of that and see the real reason for this celebration season. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And as the wise men came and gave you, Lord, of the best gifts, frankincense, myrrh, and incense, Lord, I pray gold. I pray that we will give you our gold, our very best, Lord Father, for you deserve the very best, for you gave us your very best. And we just give you praise and honor in the glorious name of Jesus. Listen, I'm not going to be crying out for anybody to if you wanted to respond to that. If you respond, if you have responded to that in your heart this day, then you can come and speak to me during the time of fellowship we're going to now have in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for watching. If you've been challenged today then please drop a message so that we can help support and pray for you. And also, remember to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss the next message.